no. We got a comment chat says Sim's background looks like he's operating the Death Star. Just saying. My bad. No. My no. Bad. <laughs> Oh man, I felt really good about it. <laughs> catching catching the show for the first time finally. Now I'm like, I don't know, man. You brought a fuel can with you for Daedalus, didn't you? Damn it. Is that is that yes, organized? Is that orchestrated? I'm just saying. No, that, 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 that's just that's the universe trying to tell you something, mm, bro. That's not all. what that is. Nope. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. So welcome back, your Ash and Herald, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, everybody's favorite cult leader in game. Obviously, not real life because no one would wear a real garb in real life if they were in a cult, right? Armored Cell. Hello. <laughs> and uh, look, before we dig in, we've we've got something very special today, everybody. Um, uh, a message from Steven, actually, for for everybody for the Pathfinder. So. Um, what that pertains to, I don't know. I guess you'll have to stay tuned. Uh, but if you're in our Discord, you might know if you've been paying attention. So discord.gg forward slash Samorg if you're not already in there. Before we dig in, though, uh, got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast, which is what, everybody? AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch and YouTube, uh, sort of also on Kofi. You can check all the links. But thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week, friends. Uh, while we get in and get started on today, Featherstone Guides. We all are going to be talking about that. We'll make sense shortly. But if you'd like to show this show some love, go over to the pinned post over on Twitter, and that's at Ashes Pathfinder over there. You'll see the pinned post. All the podcast places right there listed at the top. And you can, if you choose, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, right? Leave a comment, and we will read that here live on the show. Um, yeah, speaking of the show, you can shoot us a message in the mail and uh, via email, which they totally have on Vera. Uh, and you can do that at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. That Pathfinder grunt will get that sometime to us when that lackluster little punk gets ready. Got a boot waiting for that one. And uh, aside from that, everybody, you know, why don't we catch up with the cast a little bit? There's not like a ton in Ashes news. There's something in Ashes community stuff for us. If you're an Ashes Pathfinder and if you're listening to this, guess what? You are. So, Daedalus, why don't you let me know what you've been up to since last time, man? Sure, yeah. I mean, i just been uh, maybe like doing the work thing and then mm -hmm. uh, blowing off some steam with some God of War Ragnarok and watching Sim enjoy god of war god. as well that was a ton of fun mm. um also posting a few stuff and things in the discord just some writing that mm. i have done and wanted to share and gotten good feedback so i'll probably continue to do that over time and see what y'all think oh yeah what about you uh what about you armored cell been any up to any dark rituals lately or you know praising of you know elaboration of stevenism anything kind of strange and culty we ought to know about or afraid to share um, 
Oh, I, I, I'm trying to recruit two new people at the moment. Um, <laughs> into your cult? In my, uh, gamer, um, yeah, you got to eat them into friendship first before the cult gets <laughs> um, But uh, yeah, so in Rust, uh, I'm, currently, I'm playing again. I haven't been streaming yet, but I've just been playing with a few people. I've mm-hmm. teamed up. Like, I just randomly met up these two people. We started like being friends. I've given them a few things. They let me base with them. Uh, one's Norwegian and one's uh, from Netherlands. Uh, so oh, cool. that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they had a problem with a roof camper, and uh, they, they just constantly sat on the roof, just bolting people naked, anyone that was like just walking past their base. Mm-hmm. So uh, I warned them not to do it, and uh, they continued to do it. They said they would offline me, so I stayed up oh. two a.m. waiting for them. They didn't come, so I offlined them instead. Wow, you're like, don't threaten me with a good time, huh? They're like, oh, you can't, you can't farm the rockets, you can't farm the boom to get me, I'm like. I will. I'll spend all say, six, seven hours to just just to spite you. And I did, and, it, and they're gone. Or it sounds like I will find you. I will farm you. <laughs> oh God, man, yeah. dude, <clears throat> gentlemen, I've been I've been chipping away at my book, yo. I've been chipping away at the book. I think uh, last week, if you're not in there and you're interested, Kofi's like a currently the Kofi supports all the content, the show. I mean, it supports like Ashes HQ. So if you want to support Ashes HQ and its development, the cost for running and all that stuff, you can go to Kofi and support that way too. Um, I need to actually link that over there, but I keep forgetting about it. It also supports the master's core, which is my, fictional work and last week i got up uh videos uh to the members on ashes hq as well um so if you're a member on the youtube channels you got uh another video there and if you're on kofi there's more about the master's core there so i was like it was cool i kind of talked about another one of the races in the world like social organizations basically um where i call them i call them the race race orders or whatever but um they're yeah, it was really fun, man. I did that, posted it. Uh, I know I got some feedback from Zod and he was like digging it and felt good just to kind of get that sort of like organic, you know, like feedback from people about like the world sort of, you know, sort of like unfolding and stuff and feeling like it's a good vibe. So it was really, really nice. Got some more writing done too. And it's really exciting. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel as nerve wracked as I used to about the prospect earlier. Um, cause most of my writing up until now has been a little more just really like minor, but I kind of kicked things in the gear this past week and I'm pretty much at like, pretty much like when I'm not doing a stream or the podcast stuff or whatever, um, I'm, I'm doing, I'm writing, I'm literally sitting there and I'm at it. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, but it actually feels really good because I have this like obsessive tendency, you see, anybody might have might have noticed you know when we were doing all those alpha one videos remember how regular they were like they were extremely consistent and i did everything i could i'm very efficient and systematic and methodical and the thing with me is like this is kind of how i am with like content as well which oh i need to share something fun about that but about gaming stuff um but but I kind of get into the zone. Like I set a goal. And once I set that goal, like I just kind of don't stop. Like I almost obsess on it until it's done. And I just like, it's all I'm doing. Right. So it's like that when I do music, it's like that. When I remember ashes HQ, it started popping off. It was like, Oh, there were new pages, like all over the place. The game guides were popping off. 
I'm like that. Right. And I knew the moment that I started to get that momentum of like a really heavy writing day. And I did that for a couple days in a row that I would just be like obsessive and like the minute I'm done, I go right back to it. Like, even if it's like a paragraph, if it's a sentence, it doesn't matter. So it's pretty exciting, but I got to share a fun thing that happened today and I haven't responded to them, but someone was like on my Instagram, I was like, I don't know who this is. I have a feeling I know who it is and I haven't messaged them back yet, but they were like that you dude Guildmaster of one, which y'all are like, what? And I'm like, that's old school. And you're like, what's the, what's one slayer of Soa just before the patch update. If anybody played Star Wars The Old Republic, Soa is going, you're going to know what that means. And if you know what it means before the patch update, you know that it was near impossible to do. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that's one of the people back in force, which later became one when I went back to World of Warcraft. But I saw that, I was like, oh my God, only specific people would know that. That has to be someone who was in that guild with me when we clobbered that shit. And if you're like, what does that mean? Just go look up any of the pre-patch SOA fights that are on YouTube. And you'll be like, how the hell are people supposed to do this? Blood, sweat, and tears, sometimes in real life too. Just saying. And a little bit of like chipping away at your sanity a little at a time too. But story for another time, right? No Dark Lord vibes, okay? Um, but anyway... So it's been it's been a good week. You saw but, the look on my face. I'm like, nah, every time, you, dude. Were, you you headed that off in the past. You're trying to anticipate. I got to change my strategy. I mean, you know, I gotta I gotta like the naysayers. I gotta I gotta I gotta put it into it before it sprouts up. You know, otherwise it's like a <laughs> otherwise it's like a plague or something. You know what I mean? But homies, it's been a good time. Uh, speaking of some good vibes, y'all want some good vibes real quick? Oh no, we got a comment chat says Sim's background looks like he's operating the Death Star. Just saying. My bad. No, My no. Bad. <laughs> oh man, I felt really good about it. <laughs> catching catching the show for the first time finally. Now I'm like, I don't know, man. You brought a fuel can with you for Daedalus, didn't you? Damn it. Is that is that yes, organized? Is that orchestrated? I'm just saying. No, that, 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 that's just. <laughs> That's the universe trying to tell you something, bro. That's it's not all. what that is. Nope. Okay, okay, okay. There are no stormtroopers, okay? There's none. This isn't Rebel Moon, okay, over here. Daedalus is going to know what that means. <laughs> this isn't Rebel Moon. Oh, my God. Yeah, you got to catch the LFM show last Touché, Thursday. my friend. <laughs> right? <laughs> This ain't no motherfucking rebel moon. Okay, okay. I'm going to play a spe special message from Stephen Cherie from all the Ashes Pathfinders. So kick back, uh, you know, get out your good vibes hats or whatever it is y'all do when you, you like to take in a good vibe. And here we go. Okay, message for you now. Wow. All I have to say is wow. What an amazing accomplishment Phoenix and the Ashes Pathfinders were able to bring together over $6,200 for our Extra Life charity event for Rady's Children's Hospital. I know that I've said this before, but honestly, I want to extend to you a very heartfelt thank you this season of giving, and you guys gave a lot. You were the top team when it came to bringing together this, this donation to Rady's Children's Hospital, and they do amazing work, and you were part of that work. 
We had an awesome time, of course, sharing with you guys, your community, the broader Ashes community and the gaming world at large, what Extra Life means. They've had many successful years and it's because of people like you. And honestly, I am grateful for you being a part of our community. Everyone here at Intrepid Studios is grateful for you being a part of this community and we cannot thank you enough. And it means the world to these, to these children. So a big hand of applause to each of you out there who participated as part of this. You made the dreams come true for many children at Brady's. And I look forward to spending time with you again next year at our next Extra Life. There you go, friends. Good old Stephen Sharif, man. That was a, that was good vibes, man. It really was, you know. And and it, at the end of the day, you got to remember, man. We we spun that thing up, you know, at the last minute. Uh, actually, Alfina, which which was the last of the top three, got her shirt. I think last week as well. So um, I did a uh, for the people that were able to in such a short time contribute. Oh, nice! You're wearing it, dude. That's good vibes, dude. Yeah, had now to. They can see it. Had to. Had to. Nice. Bring the good vibes. Yeah. That's awesome. Beautiful shirt. Nice. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Uh, oh, no, no. Thank you, man, for your support for all the kids, man. I, I just wanted to do some. I couldn't do it for everybody, but I was like, the top three, man, I'm going to just, I'm going to make a shirt. I'm going to send it out. It'll be one of a kind, you know, only for those people. And everybody obviously got a role in Discord if you contributed like anything. Again, I know it was, it was, it was kind of like I didn't get to do a whole week like a lot of people did. I only got to, try to raise the funds for a few days and what what it was is i ended up matching what you all contributed as well and that was what sent us over the edge there so literally it was a team effort much loved y'all and uh i'm looking forward to i believe it's this month it could be this month or the early part of february but extra life you see i i did our platinum thing which means on extra life if you're gathering funds for the kids uh, no matter what, if you pay like a certain amount, um, they basically send you some stuff like swag or whatever else. The The primary thing for me, though, is that they do. Um, let's see here. If, they, if, if you basically um, hit certain goals, they they have these like medals that you can get. Right. I think there's like a gold and a platinum and. It's really cool, right? So, like, I'm going to take everybody's names who contributed. I'm going to get those, like, medals. And I'm going to, I don't know, do something or whatever. Make a nice little shadow box and put all the people in there. I'm going to have that up behind me when we do streams. And I want to, I think I'm going to start doing things like that. If we just really, like, totally kill certain goals, you know, do something really great for charity in the future, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just, like, create something like that, some sort of a memento of sorts that I can sort of, like, put up behind me and and sort of have that there to represent like the good we've we've done and the you know the positive uh impact we've been able to um to like sort of have on on kids or whatever initiatives we've been a part of so yeah it was really good to get that and i know the i got feedback from margaret too part of the reason that um it took a little while to get that to us was uh their video editor unfortunately had picked up COVID as well so it was like oh no yeah Yikes. that sucks yeah yeah so everything's good now thankfully but um yeah. there you go but uh 
much love to the ashes fam to the pathfinders here to all of y'all y'all rock and i'm proud to be a part of the community with y'all so with that before we get too mushy i want to read a comment now we talked last week about the tank stuff remember we were talking about the tank because they had a dev discussion on it. i think it was like number 47 if i'm not mistaken and the dev discussion 47 was like talking about threat mitigation and we kind of had a really good topic or conversation around that on the topic and um in doing that as always you know if you're watching this on youtube you people comment down below and sometimes they bring up things that i think are pretty interesting and i feel like man i, I kind of want to talk about it so i'm gonna read this okay and uh Gavain over there said never really went in you know going deep into tanking but thought of a way that may or may not make it more interesting while watching you discussing don't know if it's been done but what if tanks could see an indication of which roles generate the most threat tank support dps you know party threat and have tanks manage those sources of threats with abilities that convert allies threats into their uh theirs by buffing their attacks or buffing themselves while being healed or debuffing the target while um while it gets attacked um said the best one in each role will be the target if this role is one generating the most threat have the allies to place themselves based on the tank's abilities uh while they are going to burst and profit off the benefits that give those they give to those abilities to me i heard that and i thought that was actually a i don't know that i've ever played anything where you do anything quite like that you know there's been situational things where like i can for example, as a tank, I can charge uh, the person who's got a lot of threat and it removes the threat and redirects it to me. You can have a hunter who uh, can be DPSing the boss and they're like getting really high up on threat. And then what they do is they, they set me as a target and when they use their ability, they misdirect. And what that does is all the damage that they're putting on the, you know, the DPS target, the boss, or even a mob um, or ad, that threat is misdirected and it's over to the tank and that was actually very vital in me being able to defeat lady death whisper as the only tank up back in world of warcraft in the early days so those types of mechanics and i can tell you when you you're in a clutch situation and you're utilizing mechanics like that to get through because of a mishap or whatever the case might be uh successful completion is extremely rewarding at least for me personally. So um, I saw that and I was like, that's very interesting because that certainly is what it certainly synergizes on the class fantasy has the potential to um, it could make tanking a little bit more interesting. It could be also be a really fun way to sort of like allow the tank to do more damage in a way that I think could make some sense. Um, but I don't know if you guys want to jump in on that. I got some ideas, but I kind of, I'm kind of curious what you all think about about what Gouvain said over there on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm all for switching it up, and this seems like an interesting idea. Um, and, and and I think we had talked about last uh, last time also, mm -hmm. like where there was like by default, you're in some games, right? Your tank is doing mm -hmm. like way more damage than the damage dealers, mm -hmm. and that didn't make sense. But I do tend to agree with this: is that like you could have this, you know, this ability or this like play style to be able to do that and it does make more sense and it's not necessarily like happening all the time it might be like a big cooldown where you like really need to maybe control the fight back to you so i i think that's yeah i think that's a really interesting idea yeah what about you are so 
Yeah, like you, the best way I think of it is like if you compare it to animals, like if you think of like a tanky animal, like you think of like a rhinoceros or whatever, right? They're going to charge at you. They're going to do a big amount of damage at once. They're not going to be constantly peppering you. They're not going to be like a a velociraptor where it's like slicing you or like it's not going to be like a velociraptor. You know what I mean? Like um, the whole point of the, as long as it's following the same theme of a tank, synergizing with the play style of how you want to be like, the class fantasy is what we're talking about here. Is, um, but also with the uh, seeing everyone's threat UI, I wonder how like I wonder how that would fit in. Like, is there yeah. gonna be too much um, animation on the screen? Like, do we want how cluttered do we want it? That's yeah. gonna be a, another thing. Like, as long, if you can do it minimal, like if you can make it, yeah. obviously you can change the UI. Like the the number stats and all the rest of it, so maybe you can adjust it to yourself. Like maybe you want it larger, smaller, whatever. If it's customized, like if you can customize it, it might be all right. But um, seeing the threat on your your allies might be mm-hmm. yeah, might be a good thing. Um, maybe if your your allies are gaining the threat faster than you can gain it, but you can steal it from them. So you might not be able to gain it as fast yourself, but if your allies can, like the hunters or the like the the pets might be able to gain the threat, and then you can absorb all that threat from them, and it will give you like a burst damage when you when you build up your meter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there could, there could be other ways to do it. Like because not every tank will be well. Sorry, I can't say that that's going to be a guaranteed case, but not maybe not every tank can uh, uh, gain as much threat as the another tank, right? So like. Mm-hmm. A juggernaut might be different to a pal- paladin in a way of, of uh, tanking and get uh, bringing in threat. Um, that's just my point of view on it. Yeah, I think one too. Yeah. One one thing too with the UI is that you know since the cust- it's going to be customizable, I think that there's probably that will probably mitigate that part. But I definitely see your what you mean. What were you going to say, Dayless? I was actually going to make a comment about the UI piece too. I mean, I think there's ways to do it more subtly, like maybe like a frame, like if you've got raid frames, for example, you could potentially like one of the things like in one of the add-ons that was in that Blizzard game, right? You could color people different colors depending on what their level of threat was Mm -hmm. um, to show that. So I think that's, like an option where you're not adding like an extra set of bars or anything um, where the UI gets like totally busy. Um, and I'm, I'm a fan of, I would mm-hmm. say a lot of information, but not necessarily a lot of like real estate to be used for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might be a way you could potentially do it. Right. They had, I know with um, add-ons like decursive, you could see like if somebody was afflicted with a, curse or a poison or something it would kind of color their nameplate so i would expect you could do something with threat too mm-hmm. or at least have like a percentage in there um so i mean without anything to test here you know at this point i i, I think there's a lot of options so i'd be interested to see like how they would potentially incorporate if they do decide to have an option to show threat um from a tank's perspective like how they would do that but i guess Definitely colors are the way to go, um, or at least colors and shapes, right? Because I know there's going to be some colorblind options uh, with with regards to that, too. Ooh. So that might be, like, something to look at. Um, 
yeah colors and shapes or at least like maybe something around the border that's like a different pattern or something like that mm -hmm. grab the daughter star writing <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are good ideas though man um man so i've got this uh I don't know. I kind of, I kind of hope that with tanking in general, that it's, I was like reading a, I don't know where I saw this at, but, or someone said something to me, but I saw like a con, it might've been like on the forums or something this week. And they were like a tank should have, and they listed all these things. And I was like, well, if you've got all of that, then like, you don't really have to try a whole lot either. You can just mash five buttons and you're good. I was like, where's the challenge? It's like, they want, they want, there's like one thing to have agency in your class. Right. But like to, to like sort of guarantee that you'll always hold threat because you get so many skills to do it to me sort of takes a little bit of the fun out of it for me. Like I, I want to know that like, you know, uh, certain things, for example, like, I mean, Avengers shield and world of Warcraft was a really fun, uh, a fun way to sort of hold threat, you know? Um, but it wasn't like, this like AOE shout that guaranteed everything within my range sort of was on me all the time. You could use that ability, I think, with the, with the warrior, and it was just constantly. I was like, dude, that's kind of like that's kind of like cheating, you know? What I mean, because you got one button that just guarantees you get all the hate. With Avenger Shield, at least you got to like hit the targets, and if you know how to use Avenger Shield the right way, you know it bounced up to like three targets. You know if you hit one in the middle versus one on the side, that it's going to potentially bounce in certain ways. So there's a little bit of like choice in that, and you know that there's a little bit of risk, but you know you have a little bit of a choice in in sort of how you're going to pull that. You could stun one, right? Run up, get some aggro, you know, and then and then hit. Avenger shield and pull more aggro on three out of four that are left coming at you and have someone trap the one that, you know, gets, gets aggroed by the hunter or something. You trap them or you see, see them or something. So there, I just feel like that's a little bit more interesting to me. And don't get me wrong. I liked my warrior, but I kind of always felt like he was a little too easy in the way that death knights were too easy. Uh, especially early on or in Cata, whenever they were doing like a hundred K DPS and it's like, I self heal so much. I keep crazy amount of threat so much. And it, it kind of like removes certain levels of risk. You know, if you've got a, a death strike, that's, or was it not death strike? Uh, I forget what it was called. It's not death strike. No, 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 it is. Cause heart strikes the other one, but you'd use your yeah, death, death strike. strike. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. So you use Death Strike and you do a crazy amount of damage because of all of like your diseases and all the frost and stuff on them. And then you you heal up, you do a ton, ton of damage, and the healer's not really needing to be there. You're sort of like holding the crazy amount of threat because like pretty much everything you hit's like <laughs> like oh my god, you're in so hard. I don't care about the hunter anymore. He doesn't need to misdirect to you. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just rambling at this point. But further thoughts. No, cool. Yeah. <sighs> Tanking something I can definitely rant about, I think, a bit. But um all right, so talked about Gavain. We're gonna get into these cosmetics, man. I I, I wish I, I do I share your sentiment, everybody. I share your sentiment. Man, we get these cosmetics every single month. Man, we get this, man, we get that. Every single month we're getting cosmetics. I really wish I knew 
where in the hell these were going to go. If there's like a large plot, a medium plot, like a extra large plot, like a small plot, because then maybe I could make a, you know, ed educated, like sort of like choice on like what I might want based on like how I might want to set my thing up. Um, so I definitely hear you on that. And now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm also remembering something. Weren't they supposed to be giving us feedback on that sometime this last year? And I don't think we actually got that either, did we? No. I just remembered. Oh, my God. I just remembered that. I mean, I would expect that would be big news if we did. So, no. Yeah. Because yeah. then oh. all, all those, those uh, cosmetics we categorized at that point. Yeah. It would just be good to know at what it is that they where they're going to sit. But... Yeah, I know there's a lot of people that are, look, this isn't like, a, you know, just kind of finding something to harp on here. This is like a pretty, there's a consensus on this by the vast majority. The skins thing for the freeholds, like, man, it would be real. I think it's kind of important to be able to categorize like what that's going on. I also think similarly, those ship skins, are those only going on galleons? You know what I'm saying? They're, where what kind of flexibility do you have in that i think the skins thing is something that in my opinion is actually kind of over overdue to kind of get clarification on especially since monthly they're putting things out for people to to essentially purchase i mean i think it's kind of good for them it's good for the community it's like a win-win for everybody in my opinion but some of the my no educated decision just my gut tells me that they're not sure yet and maybe that's why I, I can be completely wrong. But, but I would say I think they're workshopping it. So I, I mm. would probably not say not sure, but I think they're workshopping it and testing it. Because yeah. I would expect if Maggie mentioned something about, hey, yeah, we'll get you an answer. They were there's something they had that they were working on. We just mm. didn't know about it. But again, yeah. speculation on my part, no inside knowledge to tell you that. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, I would uh, I'm with you, Sim. I'm like, I feel like whatever decision they're making, it isn't final yet because they still mm -hmm. need to get some stuff figured out. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on that, too. But we're going to take a look at the cosmetics for this month because of the fact that, well, there were some there were some bits to this one that I thought were quite interesting. I'm going to let this thing sort of spin like the carousel does. And we could talk about it. So these are the Featherstone Royal Expeditions. Now, my primary takeaway from I'm not gonna, you know what? I'm not gonna give you my primary takeaway. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that. But we did get a little bit of lore from this. We got the Pyrian Empire, which remember this is which Elven Empire? The initial elven empire before they split over in sanctus right but there were definitely hints at empyrean architecture cosmetic design outfit styles for the pack for the dress and and robes which i felt like the robes totally had a had like an archmage vibe to me personally but that's just me there's definitely i think in in my perspective insight onto more of what the Imperium outfit style is going to probably be like. And if you go back to the one we got, which was, I don't know, it was like two years or so ago. It, uh, the one with the Titan bark, I think that they talked about. And I forget the name of that set, but that was like when they talked about the Titan bark. 
that was also an Empyrean style. So I feel like we got our cloth variations we kind of got going on. We've got the plate sort of variations we've seen going on. We haven't seen that medium leather armor quite just yet. The Drake of the Canopy obviously uh, influenced this one. So you've got the Featherstone Expedition Pack. The Drill Spiderling, which looks like who? Lucas the Spider. Yeah, me too. Mature Drill Spider which I think Armored Cell's got an interesting insight on that. The illustrious Featherstone Ensemble, the Noble Featherstone Carriage, which hovers, and the Royal Featherstone Warehouse. Okay. You hear all that? Highlight points here. You got the early days before they we all left the Sanctus. So you've got your Pyrian Empire, the Elves Lord Pyravin right? And the Featherstone Royal Expeditions, right? And during the Sanctus Interregnum, they continue to prosper. They get, we come back through the gateways. Yo, guess what? They were probably here well before we ever arrive. And I got some speculation about how we're going to probably see them in the world, but I'm going to put, I'm going to put my thoughts right there and let you two jump in on this. Cause I know you've got some different bearing points on this too. Yeah. I just like, I think the costume actually reminds me of something they released oh gosh like february of 2020 i want to say that i missed and i'm like i'm glad they brought it back i mean it's a different color scheme and probably some of the details change but i really like the costumes and i agree with you it looks like a wicked like arc mage type of get up so Mm. i'm i'm excited about that i mean like me personally even though like you know spiders or dirty filthy things i might be <laughs> dropping some coin on this on this set because i just think the level of detail looks so cool especially like i think my favorite thing here well i mean i think the backpack is actually really neat like the level of detail there um the costumes are you know definitely like top tier for me mm. and man that carriage with the like like the mount on it i agree with you it it's given me vibes from that autumn dragon, but the color scheme though, it's, it's nice. The red and the white go really well there. Absolutely. It's like, it's like a variant of autumn on it. It's like, you know how like some leaves are like yellow, some are like red. It's, yeah. It feels like that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. I, I didn't actually have a better look at it. I'm not sure if it's like um, the same sort of ruby, like ruby color as the spiders. Like is mm-hmm. it the same sort of gem or is it different? Uh, yeah, I think they, these all have like those gems, the Featherstone gems, which, you know, seem like they have a uh, levitation hover quality to them. So yeah. pretty, pretty interesting. Um, I know you brought up uh, two, and this is going to probably veer over into animal husbandry, which I'm actually really interested in talking about because you gave you I know you dropped some images in, which, by the way, if you want to drop those in the Ashes Pathfinders channel while we're talking about this. Yeah. That would be helpful, yeah, for the people that are... If you're curious about what references he's probably going to bring up, we're going to talk about. Um, Armored Cell is going to drop those in there for you. Thanks, buddy. Um, It'll be easier than me trying to show them on here for you. But um, he brought up a really good point about this. And uh, I guess I'm just going to let him talk about it. He did bring up... You were were bringing up in the pre-show when we were talking about this drill spiderling and saying, like, this is the first time you remember seeing, like, the baby version and, like... The adult version, and I yeah. saw Skylark in, in chat was mentioning he liked that too. Yeah, like because the whole time when we've seen these uh, pets and mounts, we've always assumed that that's their final stage, right? Yeah, or I have anyway. And this is the first time that I've seen a 
say like a mature and uh, adolescent version um so um, it got me thinking like i started going through all the mounts and the pets and all the creatures and trying to see if there's any like correlation um i did find one um i think it's the watcher of the woods looks very similar to steven's favorite mount the Dawnbreaker. yes so i'm putting in the um in the pathfinders chat thank you buddy um but yeah, it's uh, it looks like that's the adolescent version of what he had. So I'm, but it's got a different name. Yeah. So now I'm starting to think like maybe the, so the same way how our class or archetype system, archetype system works, maybe that's the same way how our um, pet system works or breeding system works. Whereas you'll have hawk on one side and then like uh, baby falcon on the other side. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a falcon hawk. Yeah. And then you got a falcon, then you got like a like a mechanical falcon, then you got like there's all these different types of falcons. So I'm wondering if like for example, the red these red beads, can you put it on the um the watcher of the woods? Or like yeah. is that part of, like is that just part of the element that when you crossbreed different animals? Like they don't know like we don't know if you can crossbreed a bird and a spider, right? Or a um a lizard and a turtle. Like these are like if you look at the um, Stephen's Thornbreaker, it's like a cross between a butterfly, a tiger, an owl, and maybe something else. Um, but yeah, like this, that's what where I've sort of been going with this. And now I'm considering what are the what other adolescent pets have we got that could turn into mounts. So, and mm -hmm. yeah, if you keep them as do they stay as pets, or can you grow them into mounts? One of the things, so I do remember them saying that, like, but this is this is where there's like a there's a sidebar to this because of what you brought up today is a very interesting point. So I remember them saying like, well, wolf is only going to be with wolf, and you know, feline with feline, right? But but here's the thing, here's the catch: what the hell's that Dawnbreaker actually technically going to be considered? Because if those are in the world and you can tame one then the begs the question question what you can breed that with right because you've got you know what i mean or let's look at the cosmetic from this week because this is a great point too uh you don't like spiders whatever the case may be this drilling spider we know for a fact every time we see a creature that they make as a cosmetic there's a or multiple variations of that thing in Vera somewhere. Those things exist there. So this spiderling, at least made up this exact color scheme, right? Because that's cosmetic exclusive. But this spiderling and spider, they're going to be in the game somewhere for sure. So then the question is like, okay, this one I think is an easier one to answer, isn't it? Because in this situation, I'm going, it's probably a spider, right? Or is it just category arachnid in that situation? I mean, or if it is just spider and spider, well, this certainly make, begs a very interesting question, which is, all right, you got your normal black black widow sort of spider that you, you tame somewhere in the world, right? Maybe more of that tarantula looking one that they showed off, I don't know, like a year or so ago, remember? Uh, it was like some big black tarantula one with hair and all that. Well, if you get one of those and then you get one of these, I mean, one would say that, well, if it's spiders with spiders, then you're absolutely mixing those attributes, aren't you? And that drill is certainly an attribute, just like the hair 
is an attribute. Yeah. So it makes you wonder just how wacky these creatures are actually going to get, even if you can't, for example, cross like different species. Yeah. And makes you wonder um, if they're going to change some of that too, or or is it going to be? I don't know. I'm all over the place. I don't know the way they describe. Yeah, I, but I what you said, something you said, I'm like, I kind of disagree with because I feel like, in my opinion, that it isn't going to be. Um, they're going to allow you to cross species. I just think it just depends on like if you mean by species, you mean like type of mm. like suite of skills. Like so if you have like a more tanky pet at versus a more dps pet could you crossbreed them potentially and that maybe i'm like okay that there's a possibility there might be limits there but as far as like um being able to, to like mix and match like within the same category i think that's totally possible and i have a feeling because of something they said in the character creator mm -hmm. reveal they did is they're kind of seeing like how they could potentially leverage this if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, how they could leverage like that morph ability they had where you could like drop like three different presets or something like that and move between them to be able to come up with like a final cosmetic. I'm wondering if you could do that with certain feature cosmetic features of your creatures that you're breeding as well. Um, that would be like badass and I, I can and this is coming from a perspective of a player that avoided the pet system in world of warcraft like the plague like i would get pets and i would just give them away because i'm like i don't even want them in my collection unless something was really cool looking then i'm like okay i'll keep mm -hmm. that because it's cosmetic but i wouldn't like run out and like level all my pets that just wasn't the gameplay loop that i enjoyed as much as maybe something else um but this whole like discussion that we've been having makes me really like want to dig into the system a lot more and see like what the options are. And me personally, I think it would be really like it would be a total satisfier if they did have like a morphing system for cosmetics. The skill piece, I'm I'm wondering like how that would work. Um, too, is if you could pick and choose, or is the combinations random? Um, and again, right, that's where I feel like you're going to need to, just from a balance perspective, limit what's like what mm, types of creatures you're able to bring together, right? If if you have DPS like sets, then those can bring together tank sets and so on. Um, and so that's where I think, you know, the, we, you'll probably be able to mix and match abilities within that, but like whether you can... I don't know, you have like a dragon with a spider. I mean, I and they're both like DPS. I would imagine you'd be able to do something with that. Whether it's random or more um I would say like more player agency related is is yet to be seen. That that's kind of what you said. I was like, I just wanted to kind of jump on that because I think that was maybe where our perspectives differ a little. Yeah. Um is that you're thinking of well, maybe they might limit i i don't think within the same like category species they're gonna limit uh yeah, yeah. i was looking so it's definitely species you breed species right so that makes you wonder which mm -hmm. what creatures are going to be considered because <laughs> they've got they've got creatures that you are like man i don't know you could go 
two different directions on this maybe or are the species more indicative of varian species right for example because you've got like apple bushes in vera so is that considered you know what i'm saying we got apple trees so i'm kind of wondering if it's gonna be something similar to that when it comes to how they're designing this yeah a suggestion so that mm. uh maybe i think it was like 2018 or they posted these uh collections of silhouettes of what mounts would, would look right. like yeah maybe that would be classed as a species so basically the silhouette of the creature itself so maybe. if the so if the spiders have the same silhouette as each other that could be classed as a species so arachne um yeah so horses would be one so a snorse might go into that but a snorse is like a snail and a horse right so you might be able to find like that might be in the horse category, right? That might blend between the two, mm. so you might be able to breed a trait into the snorse and then breed that trait into a snail. Oh my god, dude! I just had an idea so that maybe you have to like yeah breed that across. You can't just go straight yeah. from horse to snail. You have to go find that bridging creature mm-hmm. to get that stat across. Well, that makes like way more sense though, because then you're talking about the same character mesh in the world that they're applying these variations yeah. to and from like a development standpoint that makes way more sense which is a trip then because if i'm looking at it do you know what i think of when i see a dawn breaker freaking golems is what i think the, the, the silhouette yeah yeah and that a trip man especially looking at that silhouette you're like oh my god dude okay because that would make way more sense because then you're just talking about the silhouettes or the mesh and the mesh could be like the species. And then there's like subspecies and that could be like, now you've got like wings on it maybe, or you've got your horns or, but that all still really just attaches to that mesh, doesn't it? That's pretty sick. That's cool, man. That's actually really interesting. And now I'm like super curious how the hell they're actually planning on doing this. Yeah, because there was, there was oh, one that God, I'm, dude, that's great. Yeah, see, there's play. something called the <laughs> yeah. stallion, the stallion prime. Yeah, like that makes me think there's like like the highest tier of that's a mount. That that's why I thought like maybe there's like the highest tier version of the um of the create of the mount. So maybe you can get like a prime version of the uh, the dawnbreaker. We can get a prime version, like you know what I mean, like the the yeah. peak, the apex of that that species. Oh my God, the meme but, I want to play. <laughs> Chat. No, it's cool, man, because that makes sense, though, because he talked about the subspecies in animal husbandry. You know, what I was like thinking about, I was like, oh my God, dude, what if you could breed, like, I don't know, like a Pegasus styled mount, right? They have like glide potential or fly potential, and you could breed that with just a normal horse because character mesh would be the same minus wings, right? It's just literally a flip of whether it would be able to glide or fly or not based on how they choose to categorize it. So you could potentially breed with like a normal horse if you want like certain color pattern variations and like have to actually get one that's going to be get, you know, like the wing variation of it or something. That would be interesting, man. That'd be very, very cool though. Yeah. Because like, even like there's a scale runner and then there's a flail runner. They're both the exact same creature. Except yeah. one has a flail tail and one's got a uh like it's made more for running. Like it's it's uh I'll just post it now Discord. But I mean you could have like a what were those the the kelp the kelpies or whatever they are from a certain mythology, if anybody even knows what I'm talking about. They're basically like horses that are in the water. 
and mm-hmm. I think they're called Kelpies. I think it's a Celtic thing, right? And if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But uh, yeah. yeah, and they're like basically aquatic horses. Like, and so, I mean, if that's the case, right? What are you could get like a flying horse? And you're probably going, yeah, but how are you going to like actually breed those? Well, if you're going off the character mesh model, right? You could, right? It just, it's, you're going to get a, you only get X amount of like breeds with them anyway. And then based on that, you're going to get your, your potential options and some are going to work and some aren't and you're going to get different things. Cause I mean, for them to categorize what would be a flying versus gliding is easy. It's it's any indicator they choose. Right. And that would be, that would be, that would be crazy. Oh my God. That could be insane. But I'm trying not to think about that too much right now. Cause that's freaking amazing. If that, they were to do that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why it sort of confused me why it was a adolescent and a mature. I'm like, hang on. I, I assume that pets were pets and mounts were mounts. You assumed wrong, but, huh? <laughs> but, but now is, is this like hitting like the B button on Pokemon? Like, no, I don't want you to evolve to have a pet. Maybe. That, that would be an interesting concept. Oh. That, and I think is, yeah. and I think also like when they were talking about the whole like genetics bit in terms of breeding, I'm wondering if the cosmetic side and the skill side are um, mutually exclusive Mm. or they're related. Meaning if I dial up like a certain like aspect of like one breed versus another, does that somehow morph the creature with that specific thing so that they can essentially gain that ability and also have the cosmetic piece to back it up um, too. And, and then how I, I would assume that this is also an option is like just like you could you know color hair differently and and skin differently like you know or have pigmentation rather um you know you could do the same thing with different parts of your creature that you're breeding too mm-hmm, so that yeah. you can make it truly unique as well and what are the parameters around that i mean this, there's just so much here especially since they revealed like how layered what they want to do is it's it's yeah there's just so much to try to process here and just even in this like you know one point that we're talking about yeah so i was like thinking in the case of like let's say hypothetically you were to have and i know it's like sim you're not gonna be able to breed a flyer with like an aquatic mount or or a ground mount i'm like well i mean we don't really know that because this is simple, right? In animal husbandry, you breed and you're rolling the dice. And so, like, it could easily determine, like, you get your flyer mount, you get your your land mount. And determining that, like, you're going to either have wings or you're not, right? You're either going to potentially have the skill sets of a, a land mount or the skill sets of, like, I don't know, gliding mount or something. Right? So, like, I feel like it probably would be more like that, though, because I don't know. Although... It's like fish. Yeah. I mean, it's a game, but like, I'm just saying, like, there's fish with wings. So, yeah. Although, you know, it would be really sick is if you had like, like archetype skill sets based on whatever the species is, land, fly, whatever it is. And then, like, long term, they did like an update to animal husbandry. And then you could like augment. Oh, that'd be freaking sick, dude. Yeah, you know, I agree. That would be amazing, dude. You could like, 
get your, you know, one that does more AOE damage, you know, and, you know, spins around a little bit instead of maybe kicking one direction or cone or something um, well, based on whatever it is. Yeah, those but things are like two variants. Those things run like lizards, man, but I'm like, I can't get behind running on them things. They're just like, dude, slither, you know, scamp, I guess, whatever. It's just weird to me. Kind of like creepy crawlies, like, you know, I don't know. I wanted to say something. You know, I have a working theory, you guys. I think when we get back, caravan series because of the fact that they employ elven half elven human dwarven and even orcish guides i've got a feeling that the featherstone royal expeditions could potentially end up being like your like your traditional caravan series in vera potentially even regardless of like the racial influence of the node because you've got all the different races working for the caravanseries anyway that are the Featherstone, um, you know, the Featherstone, uh, damn it, it's worth, yeah, expeditions. And so, like, for, for that reason, I could see them sort of, like, having their own little their own little areas, you know, and, like, the different nodes and stuff. And it's like, oh, I got to go hit up the Featherstone caravansary real quick and get my caravan rolling. But then your caravan's obviously going to be determined by what, like you your skins or whatever uh or modular mm -hmm. design so that was actually super cool to me i thought that we didn't get like a ton in regard to like each individual cosmetic but i certainly thought that that first three paragraphs there definitely told us something we could potentially be seeing so it's stuff like this that i feel like is enriches the world and you go i mean i can like you know i can see who the people probably are now like the world comes together like okay right yeah that's who they are and you've got like the the other sort of like uh i don't want to say social organizations potentially but we have gotten some of those like npc uh orders and organizations and guilds and stuff that we've gotten little articles and stuff about so yeah it definitely definitely makes me wonder or like you know the the wastelanders right the cult people you got all this mm -hmm. stuff and you know you think about it, it's like I mean, there's a lot going on there. there's a, a lot about the culture of these different like communities you could come across whether they were there whether they're coming with you so i'm i'm calling it now though I, i'm gonna i'm gonna make a prediction uh based on thing other than just my gut and i i feel like the featherstone caravanseries are probably going to be a thing yeah anyway yeah i was actually thinking about oh go ahead go ahead on Marcel. yes so i was, I was just gonna say like I was, i'm wondering if there's gonna be like a group that's um wants to follow the, the old traditions of like the the start their starting races where like the, the like dwarves um for like what the original dwarves are going for like there would be like a it's kind of like um not nomads um uh people who live like i forgot what they they're called but the, um they have them in america where they um they live in like the 1800s sort of style with um like long beards um they have like no electricity like they follow like the old standards. Um, the Amish people. Yeah, that's the one Amish. Okay. So like they follow they follow the old standards, the old times, like the traditions of the the pre predecessors, instead of like following with the new technology. Yeah. So I wonder, like, so wonder if there's like uh, not councils, but like uh, groups that are like uh, cultures, 
like different, like similar to like how there's like cult the the bees guild or whatever. Like maybe just like people who like we want to stay true to our roots. Yeah, uh, armored. So I got to tell you, the whole time you were saying that, I just kept feeling like you were trying to say cult, but trying hard not to. Did anybody else watching get that or listening? Was it just me, or did you feel like he was trying to say, like he was really trying to talk about cults there, but he he kept trying to like not allow himself to let that slip out? Was it just me? No, I don't know. It might have been your dark overall. No, it's not. It's not what that is. Someone else had to think that too. It might have been what. What do we call that? Bullshit. It's called projection, people. No, projection. <laughs> that's enough out of you, damn it, Daedalus. I'm seeing people in chat. I'm like, bullshit. At least one other person here thought that. Don't point at me with the Dark Lord vibes. It's not. It's bullshit. It just because you say it doesn't make it true. No, it's not. I don't care. You all control me in chat, but you're wrong. You're wrong, and you know it deep down inside. I'm you know. Trying to write a culture. Got it. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah, maybe they're part of the culture. <laughs> I, I do have I do have a comment that's that's somewhat relevant to this discussion. Not the okay. not the cult dark overlord stuff. Are you but the sure? Dark about. day day? Are you yeah? 100%? I am I am I am right. sure. I am sure. Trust me. Look at this face. Just trust me. Keep waiting for them dark so anyway, to drop, uh, man. <laughs> no, but I was thinking about when they started talking about the um the Featherstone um business and how it was very successful and they were really kind of getting into that part of it. It actually made me think a lot about the economy and how these NPC yeah. businesses would feed into that. And then what you said also kind of reinforced that thing that, you know, should I would ask if we can try to get that question in on a live stream in the near future, just to understand how these NPC businesses kind of play into the economy. Cause at some point they talked about like stocks that you could buy yeah. in guilds and some other things. I'm wondering if there's going to be like a set of all like uh, NPC, like investments you can do. That's almost got like a, a certain rate of return or something like that. Because I'm just thinking if they hired an economist, which they did at one point, I haven't really heard from him, but right. I thought they did hire an economist at one point. How involved is that economic piece going to be? And are the NPC businesses going to be a part of that versus just like a strict local auction house market? So uh, I'm not sure if you've seen Rick and Morty, but I hope someone becomes Elon Tusk. Oh my God, dude. Be an orc. Elon Tusk. <laughs> you, you, you know, when I hear stuff like Featherstone or Verite or Veronite, I forget what it is, or when I hear Titan Bark, I hear that stuff and I'm going, man, it just sounds like we're hearing resources for the world, potentially rare resources. And like how, like Featherstone, right? Like, okay, it's going to lift up the carriage uh, for, you know, for your cosmetic skin and everything. But, you know, it, it can't just be flavor text, right? Like we're going to see Featherstone like like levitating and those those drakes potentially that are going to look like that. That variation potentially will have different abilities, you know. Maybe they, maybe they, their wings like kind of disperse a bunch of featherstone off of them, and then it hits you, and you sort of like hover and are sort of cc'd a little bit, or uh, or having to you know function your skills and abilities as you're hovering a bit. Um, 
stuff like that to me is is when you when you hear things like Featherstone or or Veride or Titan Bark. It's you know Titan Titan Bark was something they talked about being used as um, in the armor or whatever. And I heard that back in the day, and I thought, oh, cool, because like, look, in my own fantasy world, like I I do stuff like that, and I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome because I think it's a really good idea when you go and you take something like Bark that people don't normally think of being used as like uh, for armor. You know, like you, when you think of it, it's like, oh, you're wearing like wood armor or something. You're people of the wood. But when you're like, oh no, it's like a certain type of bark that can be like hammered down and turned into like an ingot. And maybe, maybe it's got a metallic quality. It's like, who's to say in a fantasy world, you can't have metallic scales on a tree for some reason in fantasy worlds. That's the beauty, man. You can make up your own rules. They don't have to align with physics of our world because they're fantasy. I mean, look at a spider. A spider's got a bloody exactly. Yeah, a drill on the end, no less. Yeah. How's that work? It's not mechanical, right? Yeah. Um, a little. I do, I do want to point out one thing though. So we do we skin animals for leather, right? Yeah. So why 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 can't you skin a tree and for their bark? It's the it's the same thing. I mean, why not? You take your axe out, right? Skin the skin the tree and like I mean, you make enough trees naked and then the big ant boss comes after your ass mm-hmm. you know you're defiling my create my what what are you daedalus what are you doing what's going on I'm, I'm not sure where that metaphor went but i'm just i'm just gonna leave it as it is <laughs> not dark and Seven ominous naked trees what's going on here nothing did we just you know, loggers do this shit every day of their life and i don't see y'all talking shit about loggers right now what's really going on they don't call the trees naked though that's, all, that's all i'm saying they don't call them dick i don't know okay let's just logically think about that no no, no we don't need to do that <laughs> i forgot the mushroom don't bring out the booty mushroom oh my god right the, the freaking badunkadunk on the little fungi he's like a different word for fungus fungi fun guy or fungi i like to work it work it and he's like sitting there like check out my badunka dunk you know who made sure that they 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 went right over that booty whoever made that video intrepid whoever made that video was like we're gonna pan across the face pan across them standing there and pan across the fungi booty Oh gosh, there's a skin that tree clip. We're done. It's over. I'm done. I give up. I give up on this podcast. It's freaking over, okay? For in a little bit. Man, we'll that, that fun guy's gashly deadly, eh? Yeah, he's like, yeah. I mean, he'll never mind. I was gonna say he'll dust you, but that's not really gonna work out very well. So I'm just gonna leave that alone for now. I'm not gonna say it. it doesn't count. I didn't actually um imply anything or express anything that would be usable there unless you just want to be like your dark overlord day day dark day day stuff or something okay okay i gotta ask a question i this direction yeah (laughs) um you know i've been watching the the forums a bit and when i don't know man people i do notice that people Remember, they kind of hated on Intrepid at the end of that December uh, live stream because there wasn't like a lot of showcase of anything. And, I'm, you know, the November one, too. And I'm just like, and, and I'm, I'm seeing the same thing. It's like there was like one. It's like things we don't like about AOC in the forums or like they shouldn't do this. They should do this uh, and, and all of that. And I 
it kind of got me thinking about about this and i go look we all got thresholds right i mean at the end of the day they're making the game they want to make do they take our feedback into consideration sure does it mean that it's going to change because we say it should no because that's ridiculous but but keeping that sort of stuff in mind i caught i got to thinking we all got like our limits man you know we've all got like our limits on like what we're cool with what we're going to put up with there's reasons people left world of warcraft but everybody's journey on when they dipped out is different some people stick it out always because i've invested too much time etc some people it's their it's their game man they're not going anywhere they've dedicated too much time energy financial whatever um other people are, are quicker to be like i don't like this it's not fun i'm out i'm gonna go find something else i'm gonna jump game jump right um and other people have their limits but i thought about that and i was like you know when we think about game systems mechanics features whatever you want to call it, animal husbandry the artisan classes uh you can look at like fishing you can look at like you know, enchanting, which isn't those enchanting, right? You can look at like the freeholds, you can look at um, combat, you can look at raids, you can look at open world stuff, you can look at naval content. It, we're all going to have specific things we gravitate, gravitate to. And there's going to be certain things that we might give a chance, but then one day go, you know, I don't, I'm not doing this. You, you get, you hit your limit, right? I think generally speaking, most, not all, but most MMORPG players kind of want to dabble with all the systems and all the different things and get a feel for it and kind of decide what fits them. Not all, but I think a high majority definitely do. And sometimes they'll they'll engage in many systems, even if what they primarily invest in are maybe three or four or something, right? So in saying that, when you think about different systems and when you might kind of give up in the same way we give up on games because we kind of had enough, what's your threshold with certain aspects of an MMORPG that you feel like you could chime in on? Um, nothing specific here. For me, it could be PvP, could be raiding, anything that you sort of like that stands out to you that maybe you want to pursue or you thought about pursuing in Ashes and you go, you know, there'll be a hard line for me where I'm, my threshold's going to be met and I'm just not going to be willing to, to do that. Because historically... I know me. What would you all come up with? Well, I got two comments maybe to set some context. And sure. one is, I mean, feedback is is great. And I want the feedback to continue. So I just want to preface that before the second comment. Absolutely. The second comment is something that Stephen has said more than a few times. This game isn't for everyone. Uh, and so there are going to be things, just from a vision standpoint, not, it's not going to jive with everyone. So... Mm -hmm. You know, in giving feedback, I guess, keep that in mind, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, that it, it's not, not that Ashes of Creation is niche, but it is going to have like certain elements that people aren't used to and so on. And they have to determine whether or not it's something that they wish to play or not. As far, as far as, uh, as far as like my comments on that, I mean, there's a couple of things. And I would say the primary one is likely more player agency driven than game design driven though there's a game design component and you'll probably already guess what i'm going to say for the game design component but uh but from a player agency standpoint i check out of an activity if like i i generally try to gravitate towards people in guilds and mmos that are like-minded right have common goals that you know have common approaches in terms of like uh to content and so on 
but I have been in guilds because guilds tend to get big and there's a lot of different kinds of personalities, but I have been in guilds where there has been some level of lack of focus um, in the rating environment specifically. Um, and I'm not like one of those like really like, you know, militant folks that, you know, everything has to be just so and in a raid environment. But when you get into it like a tough fight or something where there is a focus level required and awareness level required from your team and everybody's just kind of doing their own thing and not really listening and not really paying attention and they're more focused on the meters than the mechanics, right? And that's like a consistent reason why execution is a problem. That's when I mentally check out. I might not leave the building, but that's when I'm mentally checking out as a player. So that's like one threshold that I have is if people aren't lined up and you don't have the right leadership getting people in line and people following, then in my opinion, that's like a checkout moment for me. Yeah. The other is pretty much anything Blizzard has designed historically that is borrowed power, that is repetitive, tedious, job-like. That's when I'm yeah. like, no, not going to do that. And I've and and I've been or I've been forced to do that in order to be relevant, which also has happened in my experience in in World of Warcraft specifically. There have been other um, there have been other MMOs that have done similar, but like the, my top tier one is Borrowed Power, and I and I had that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner playing WoW for as many years as I did, and I just can't do it anymore. Because I know, even though it may be air quotes different, it's all there's always going to be that component of me that just gave me, you know, gave me pause for continuing to invest in those types of systems because it becomes repetitive and it just felt like it was a grind without, I'm not, and not that I'm not going to grind at certain points because it's, you know, it, it's, I don't want to say it's required, but it's it's a part of like the loop. But there's other things that keep the grind interesting. But I just don't want to be half the grind for grinding's sake. Um, and that's where I, I feel like would be my threshold as well. Right? Is this that kind of tedious job-like activity, rehashing of systems over and over and over in each expansion? It's kind of where I check out. Yeah. Like I, it started. Um, it started in Legion. And then they're like, oh, hey, this seems to work well. Let's put different forms of it in future expansions after that. And it just became this like eye-rolling moment whenever I got in. It's like, okay, it's time for a different AP. It's not artifact power, it's Azerite power, it's not this, but you know, it's there's always like an AP. And it just AP'd me off, is basically yeah. what it did. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, things good. like that suck. With the first point, um, I think it's with the negativity that's coming in the forums. I think that's mainly because since they don't have really anything, there was there was some stuff in there that was new, but there's nothing really showy. So whether you like or not, people are going to talk. They'll be they'll talk good or talk bad. If you don't continue to talk about good, they'll talk bad. And that's that's just some people that just want to keep talking. Like that that's just the way it is. Um, like I guarantee, you if there was like even like a five minute video of something new. They would have, there would be like maybe 80% less negativity. But once again, it was the end of the year or the wrap up of a pre recorded message. It did have some highlights in there. If you just, mm. if you weren't just looking for visual pictures and actually listening to what they were saying, 
you would have actually understood like, oh shit, okay, the tank thing's coming up. Oh shit, this is coming up. Or they want to talk about this or the customization of the animals. Like there, yeah. there was decent information in there, but just because it wasn't a picture book, a lot of people weren't happy with it. True. Um, that's just my take on it. Like some people don't like to read words. Some people just like to read, watch free pictures. You're like, right. That's why they, people go to YouTube. Like even I go to like YouTube and listen to other people's takes on topics instead of me True. reading it myself. Right. But, um, but I'm really focused on that. So I, I listen to mm-hmm. the fucking video like twice, three times before I have a proper, uh, informative view on it. Oh, yeah. Um, but with the breaking point, um, like I play a lot of grinding games, but as long as I've got my agency of I get to choose what I'm doing, I can still find it fun. But if you're going to say meet this task, meet this deadline, or do this thing, if there's no no, no variable in it and it's the exact same thing day in day out, I'm not playing that. I, I can't. I I I'm not going to do the same repetitive shit. If I'll I'll do. I'll do, I, I'll, I'll farm stone, I'll farm, I'll farm the materials and build a base or whatever, and I'll do that mm-hmm. every single month, every single week, and I don't find it repetitive. What I would find repetitive is going to a game like WoW and it's saying, click 10 cloth and send it, go down the outside world and deliver it, and then or new world, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. <laughs> What's, where's the risk? Where's the reward? I get a few points for my honor or something. No, I'm not doing that. Fuck that. But like, I as long as there's like some sort of variation and I can like it's my own agency mm. where I can decide what's happening. That's what makes it fun for me. If there's a risk involved of other people, um, of other people being involved or like a random event occurring, that brings excitement to it. But if I know it's just a a glorified delivery quest. Right. Then or bench quest, then it's gonna that's it just I can't do that. I can't my mind is not set to do go to A to B to B to A to A to B. It that does not work for me. Yeah. Running a circle like a hamster on a wheel. Yeah, that breaks me. That breaks me mm. so quick. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I mean you were saying that and all I could think about was like just games that keep activities. I think the Elder Scrolls Online is like notorious for this, especially now. It's like you get done with an in-game event, and as soon as you get done, they got another one. As soon as you get done, there's another one. There's always like, I mean, it's like any game that's like constantly like Fortnite has it going, but like they do the same thing, right? But with Fortnite, like even though it's like a BR and all that, the reality is, is there's like, especially with like supercharged XP or something, you can catch up really quick if you want to get everything. So you don't have to play every day. But when you go, you use FOMO. Fear missing out. And you basically milk that constantly. It's like, we want you in our game. So we want you constantly feeling like you're going to miss something. And that, I, I was thinking that, and it was going to, it, it ties in to my answer to this question which is respect my time man respect my time like make sure that if i'm on doing anything like i'll play the shit out of an arena system man anybody who's been around me long enough knows i love a good arena i love it i love it i love it i love it i probably get a little addicted to it but the problem is if I'm doing an arena system and the classes constantly are, are out of balance to where there's a ridiculous over like, you know, they're ridiculously overpowered and stuff and it's not balanced. You're not respecting my time. 
right? And that's not the same as a rock, paper, paper, scissor thing. So if I go in there and I'm spending two hours, win or lose, that should feel rewarding, right? And to me, reward of learning from my mistakes is a, a definitely a part of that, but feel rewarding somehow. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've earned something out of it. And um, there are games where I feel like they, they do that. I think uh, one example, which uh, Albion, I think does a good job with this. I think it takes a little while to get in there to do the arena, but even if you lose, like you still get something, it's pretty worthwhile. You could sit there and get your ass clobbered. And you're getting fame, and the fame is useful to leveling up different skills and progression. And like, even if I'm not making money off of that or getting, you know, anything else, that is absolutely beneficial to me. It absolutely directly rewards my time in a way that I have agency as a player to utilize. And something like that, I think, is really, really good. And it's not overpowered. Like, when you win, you get a lot more, and it feels more rewarding. Um, if you get your first one of the day, you get something out of that that feels rewarding. And those things are good, right? But if I feel like I'm in there as like a hamster on a wheel, no matter what it is, and I don't feel like my time is respected, because at the end of the day, that's your life, right? If I'm going to invest my life playing something, I want it to be fun. I want it to be challenging for me personally. And I want it to be rewarding in a way that is that makes sense. Like it rewards that investment of my time, not using these dirty tricks of FOMO and ESO is not the only game doing that. There's a lot of games that do this, right? That was the first one offhand I can think about. World of Warcraft does it too, right? I'm sure New World does it. I mean, there's a lot of games that yeah, do that. Yeah, I was actually thinking about New World specifically. I mean, I don't know how it yeah. is now, but I remember early on, like the town rating component, because they had two things. They had like um, a, like a PvP, like town rating component, the Siege, I guess, if you will. And then they had, um, oh shoot, what's the other one called? It was like, it was NPC monsters that were attacking an area, right? Mm -hmm. There was this, the pacing on that was so off. It was like, literally there was multiple events every day over and over and over. And it just got to a point where you're like, if you were a decently geared player and you like wanted to take part in this content, it was just constant. And it was almost like, there wasn't anything else to do so you were oh, yeah. in like multiple like think of it like multiple raids at night it wasn't even like Fuck, a man. bg where you're in there like maybe 15 20 minutes max depending on how the um you know the event went it could be like quite some time and it just got to a point where it was like being like part of that group that would go to this i was just like i'm burning out and people like well why aren't you going because i'm like i've been doing this like every day for hours upon hours and hours i want to do something different um Ooh. and that's why i mean i do uh, i i don't know uh it, like what the final design is going to be for um the rating cycle in ashes but that's actually why i really like the like the weekly reset concept because at least you had maybe you could potentially do a couple of days of rating. And then once that was done, you don't necessarily have to do it every single day because the next week it would reset. So maybe that's probably like one of the things I would say, you know, Blizzard did well as you had mm. that opportunity, but it wasn't something you literally had to invest time in every single day. Right. In that instance, you might need to invest time to like farm up materials or gold to be ready for your raid. 
um, which that's kind of a different gameplay loop altogether. But definitely like that kind of pacing where it's there's a cooldown period, which I think the team has talked about before that's going to happen. But it felt like there was literally no cooldown or the cooldown was so nominal that it didn't even matter. Right. Like, yeah. When, I'd hate, like, I didn't play with New World, but I'd hate for that. Like, when do you, like, when does the, when does the raids finish? Like, it's like, and it was, it's first raid, third raid, or fifth raid. I don't remember. I don't remember when it's finished. We just keep going. Mm-hmm. That sounds horrible. Like, what makes it special then? It's, it's, it's literally, it, it wasn't. Ball. That was the thing. It was like literally, like, you would have grind fest. Um, like, yeah, it would be a grind fest, and you would have like, the guild that I was in had owned a town and it was just constantly getting siege. I mean, you literally just got done with something um, in terms of like defending and somebody would already be like positioned when the opportunity came up for that cooldown, which it wasn't much long after that battle ended. Okay. Well, we're doing another one tomorrow night or we're doing one, you know, Thursday night instead of, you know, Tuesday, Thursday night. It just got to a point where it's like, this is like, forcing a burnout uh, no, which is out. not a good it's not a good gameplay loop at all to have that you want to have a variety of things for people that can do people to do like sim said you got to respect people's time and you got to give them options and and essentially like be able to play how you want to play which at some point i think that was a phrasing that it, it might have been uh, jeff had used but that's what i'm hoping will be able to be executed with ashes that is mm. that just that simple right you can play how you want to play anything you do will have some level level of relevancy you're not necessarily pigeonholed into a specific set of tasks and so on yeah oh jeez arthas <laughs> <laughs> yes i do come here bro hug let's bro hug it out <laughs> man called the blizz ptsd man <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, you know what my favorite thing is dude is every time you name which totally i hear where you're coming from fomo doesn't matter what it is uh respect my time right if i it doesn't matter what aspect of the game right i could be getting my ass handed to me it could be really hard as long as you respect my time as a human being uh Man, I'll, I'll keep coming back, especially if it's a good time and the game's a good time. And I got my homies to hang with. Like I saw Arthur saying that totally resonates. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, that's definitely, definitely where it's at. Um, I was going to say. I need to I need to find a way. Never mind. I'm going to say that loud. Nope. Nope. I caught myself. I'm a good guy. I did it. I did what I need to do. I protect myself from getting another unflattering clip made of me um somewhere but i want to say if you're hanging out friday this week everybody we're going to be doing a smite night i am trying to change it up right i i basically am just trying to just change it up find something new something different even if we rotate in between something i want it to be something we can jump into for our community nights you know relatively quick and easy and i have to feel like you got to play catch up or anything so you know, that's kind of my game plan this year specifically for the community nights that we're doing. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to uh, this coming one this Friday. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I got. I, I don't really have any other further topics to share. Um, I do think uh, next week we will, because I think we've got what next week and the next week or a week from this Friday, I do believe is probably when their live stream is going to be. So the 29th should be our 
at least I believe I'm speculating, but it seems likely. Yeah. yeah the 29th is probably going to be our next show for the, uh, dev discuss or the dev, uh, the developer live stream. So next Sunday, we're probably going to be doing one that's a little, you know, kind of, kind of hitting on some, some different topics too. And I kind of got a couple in my mind after, after what we talked about today, but um, yeah, friends, all of the events for the next week are posted. If you're in the community here, if you're not, I encourage you to join our discord. Um, Ashes HQ has been pretty much up to date. I'm going to start working on lore pages uh, soon and probably some videos there. It's going to be slow going for the next two to three months, so bear with me. But also, we don't have a lot going on the Ashes in terms of Ashes development right now. So when you've kind of hit on all the stuff and things, you're really just talking about repeating yourself. So lore is where we can go for a little while. That'll be kind of fun. Looking forward to doing it. Might even, ooh, might actually have a lore conversation next week. That could be fun. I have an idea or two, but I'm going to leave it there, friends. Uh, gentlemen, why don't you shout out your domains where people could find you when you're not on the show? You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Ashen Herald. And you can find me on uh, twitch.tv forward slash on itself. Yeah, much love, everybody. And definitely go support the homies. Daedalus has been posting some of his uh, some of his stuff. And um, in Discord, his uh, stuff in Variety has been doing that. Again, if you want to support this podcast and all the things, check out the Kofi. And if you're interested in the other project I mentioned in the beginning, there's that as well. Friends, I'm going to be seeing everybody in the community here on Wednesday for like Daedalus opened with God of War. I am intent on getting through that because Hogwarts Legacy is going to be fast. So yeah, I'm, I'm so stoked for that. Oh, my me too. I'm going to like probably be doing that. I've been really enjoying RPGs right now, and this is a good time to play them while we're waiting for Ashes. So, but we got our community night Friday. Looking forward to seeing you all this week and next Sunday for sure. So we might be the end of the show and everything, but I want everybody to remember you don't have to be on the show to be an Ashes Pathfinder. You just got to be, well, you. Who are here as part of that journey whether you're here live you listen to it on your drive or you watch over on youtube either way much love to you shout out to you all to intrepid studios and until next week live your best lives walk in the light have a great night everyone we're going to see you again real soon <laughs>